0: Welcome to Talk To Be Well, I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer of Work To Be Well. It's showtime today, and by showtime I mean the Students for a Healthy Oregon are here with me to talk about their legislation. I'm so excited to welcome Daniel, Gabby, and Liana to join us. I'm very excited to learn about their legislation and what it means to be student for the Healthy Oregon. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Let's go ahead and get started today. so excited. Liana, you've been on, well, you're with Work To Be Well, and you've been on our show before. Why don't you kick us off with some introductions?
1: Yeah, so um, like you already know, my name is Leanna. Um, I'm a sophomore at Summit Learning Charter here in Oregon. Though I would normally be um, at 12 in High School um, if weren't for COVID. Um, and yes, I am on both Work to Well and Students for a Healthy Oregon. Um, does Gabby want to go next?
2: Sure. Hi, I'm Gabby, and I'm a sophomore at Sunset High School in Oregon as well. And I'm a member of Students for Healthy Oregon, and super excited to be here. Uh, Daniel, do you want to go? Yeah,
3: sure. Hi, my name is Daniel Hattie. I'm also a sophomore at Mountside High School in Beaverton. Um, super passionate about this issue, and I'm glad you guys can have us on.
0: So, for our viewers who don't know, what is Students for a Healthy Oregon?
1: Um, I can speak a little bit on that. So, Students for a Healthy Oregon is a coalition or group of students in Oregon, if that didn't already <laughs> say it for you. Um, but... Uh, I think it was back in 2019, we passed a bill um, for students to have a mental health day as if they were to have a, um, like if they were physically sick, like if you had the flu or just something like that. Um, but that bill got passed in 2019. And this year, we're going to be passing a bill that we're going to be talking about today. And there's a lot more than just three of us. There's, I'm pretty sure, around 10 or 12 of us. And yeah, that's pretty much soon for Healthy Oregon.
0: And how did each of you become involved? I mean, why is this, why does this matter?
2: Um, I know for me personally and everybody else involved with Students for Healthy Oregon, um, mental health is has impacted our lives uh, in different ways, um, either personally or with our family members. So the way I personally got involved was through a program in Oregon called the Capital Ambassador Program, which had introduced us kind of to the world of, the legislature and getting involved in um, the, this side of politics. Um, and yeah, that's just how it relates to me personally, but I know that for all of us, it's mainly about helping people in their mental health.
1: Yeah, mine is um, mine's a little bit different, but still the same way where we're all passionate about mental health. Uh, my friend, Lena, who's also on work 2 Well and Students for a Healthy Oregon, uh, she kind of got me um, interested and kind of got me into the whole group because, um, I'm really passionate about mental health. Um, I personally struggle with AD anxiety, and depression. And so this bill is definitely something that I'm really passionate about and I'm really happy to be working on. And yeah, similar to how I got into Students for a Healthy Oregon. What about you, Daniel?
3: Yeah, similar to Gabby, I came through um, the Capital Ambassadors Program, or CAP. And I think it's really neat because it's all these different students from communities all across the state coming together because we all have this like joint passion Um, and we all recognize this issue and we wanna make real solutions and we're doing that at the policy level, which is
0: super exciting. It is super exciting and much like what we're doing now, we're talking on camera, little boxes like this, almost like a Zoom call. That's how our legislature is going this year, right? Everybody gets together in little Zoom boxes and Zoom calls and I know you guys gonna do that later today, but I wanna hear what is Senate Bill 782
2: and what are you trying to do this year? Um, I can speak just to kick us off. I can speak a little bit on it. So Senate Bill 782 basically aims to administer mental health screenings in schools. So we're working to get a pilot program, which basically means that the Oregon Department of Education would have the opportunity to choose five, 10, somewhere along those lines, school districts um, to kind of get started with administer- administering um, tests in schools. So that would look like a student would maybe get pulled into their counselor's office and they could check a few boxes um, if they were feeling depressed or anxious. And it could just help um, our uh, like mental health priorities uh, get chosen to make sure that students are being cared uh, in the way that they need. Um, but I'm sure that Lana or uh, Daniel could speak more on that
3: yeah also um since it's a voluntary pilot program uh well in addition to that uh it allows school districts and schools to create a relationship with a primary care facility to administer the screenings um and uh, i think that one of the biggest things with this bill is it's um proactively addressing the issue uh mm-hmm. the issue is there and it's almost starting to get worse um by next fall, many students—let's say 40% of students—it'll be 80%. It'll be 18 months since they were last in physical school. Um, and recent studies have shown that 32, percent of students um, have had an increase in need for mental health resources. So by establishing this, we're uh, proactively using our resources accordingly.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like you guys have like put everything on there, and I feel like I can't anything. But I think. Um, Oh, and also it's only going to be for uh, freshmen and juniors uh, since it's a pilot program. Mm-hmm. But we are hoping for later in the future, though, that in the future doesn't mean like in the next few months after the bill is passed. In the future, it's definitely going to be like five years. But we are hoping for this to continue um, through all, um, for all high schoolers and hopefully um, for middle and elementary school if possible.
0: This is a pretty ambitious project. And and what I'm really wondering is what inspired you to go after this?
1: Yeah, I can speak a little bit on that. So, pretty much, we had this idea. It's like, so what? Um, what are we at? What are we prioritizing physical health over mental health with? Um, but I don't know. if Maybe Dr. Robin, maybe you had him in your school when you were little. But do you ever ever getting like, or maybe your kids? Um, Did they ever get their eyes checked in school, their hearing checked in school and stuff like that? Like the little tests that (laughs) they had to do. Yeah. And um, Lena, she got her glasses um, from one of those tests and also my brother as well. But we don't have those tests for mental health and mental health is really important for education and our academics. And so uh, by passing this bill, we'll be helping that. And yeah, that's pretty much what inspired just the um, eye checks and the hearing checks that are in school.
3: We, we kind of all came to the whiteboard, but it was a PowerPoint slide because we're on <laughs> Zoom. Um, and we thought about issues that like specifically on CDL we were experiencing. And it was mm-hmm. the lack of connection between uh, teachers and um, counselors and the like detachment we're having from physical school. And thus, like if you have a problem or an issue with mental health, if you're not feeling great one day, it's harder to get um, the resources you need, uh, so we kind of decided on these mental health screenings as being our focus for the year to address um, this issue.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back in my day, it was the spinal column check to see if you had, you know, if you had curvature of the spine that we did. But I, I like that idea because I I know you know as a psychologist that. 75% of all mental health concerns start, what, between the ages of 10 and 24, 14 and 24. And and that prime age, right where you are, is, is really wise of you to be thinking about screening for, for mental health. And I really like, Daniel, what you were talking about, about why it's so important and some of those statistics, about why it's so important, why now, and with everything going on in our world, why should we care about mental health in schools?
3: I like to... I'll just address this briefly and then I'll pass it on to the others, but I like to um, mention how uh, when you're identifying or dealing with mental health, one of the biggest parts of the challenge is identifying the issue. So once you identify the issue, once you um, have a diagnosis, once it's clear what's going on, um, and communicating that in a way that doesn't make the student feel like they're strange or it's odd to have this issue with mental health. Once you establish that, it makes it so much easier to resolve the issue, which is why it's super important right now, um, especially when there's like very little communication.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know in my experience, uh, my brother had been struggling for a portion of his childhood, and we could not figure out what was going on. But once he had had his diagnosis of anxiety and um, autism spectrum disorder, then a whole new field of resources opened up in these schools and he didn't feel as isolated because we were able to pinpoint exactly what was going on and then accordingly find a treatment so that's kind of what's going on here as well because once you can obviously get to the bottom of what is going on and find the source of an issue then it makes everything else so much easier um and then obviously we're in a pandemic and things are crazy and um any addition, we know this, I don't even need to say that, but any additional um, support that can be given is great, and I think I interrupted Leona, so I'll pass it over to her.
1: <laughs> you are totally fine, Um, I but that gave me a second to have eh, put my thoughts together, so I mean, that helped a little bit, Um, but yeah, I mean, I can somewhat relate to you, brother, but not on that diagnosis, but with an ADD diagnosis, like, I always felt like strange in school, because in elementary school, I remember my my teachers and parents were like, well, Lana can't focus in school. Maybe we should just give her a puzzle. Maybe that will help. And of course, the puzzles didn't, don't help my ADD, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but I, it took forever to finally get a diagnosis until it was in um, high school, literally just last year that I got wow. a mental health screening. And I finally found out that I had ADD. And, I didn't feel isolated. I didn't feel weird to not be able to focus. Like, I don't know if you can see because it's under the camera, but my feet are like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> under the camera. My fingers went, I guess I'm just hiding it under the camera. But yeah, um, to finally have that diagnosis and I didn't feel as isolated. Oh, yep, the fidget spinner. I think I showed it on another work too well where I had my little cube underneath the camera. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely during COVID, um, I know that I can't remember what the statistics are. But a lot of students are definitely um, getting anxiety and depression with not being able to see um, their peers in school. Yeah. And I know that's really important because for our social health. So this is gonna be really important for the screenings to get out.
0: So it sounds like you all know people who would have benefited and who will benefit from mental health screenings. And, and it's not just about anxiety and AD; it's also about depression and and some of those other types of things that that I know um, when I've heard students talk about this bill, um, I've heard them also talk about those aspects of being able to intervene with someone when they're still, you know, let them know they're not alone. So what do you think is the benefit of doing this with the primary care clinic? I heard mentioned that in the description of the bill, and why would it matter to do it with a primary care clinic?
3: So with the primary, um care facility or um, clinic, uh, one of the biggest things we were thinking about, um, and it's kind of interesting to navigate through is um, how to keep costs down, uh, which is Mm -hmm. um, interesting to see when you're working through the legislature and creating these concepts, um, the limits you have in working within those. Um, So working with the primary care facility, we're um, taking some of the burden off of ODE, Uh, for training and training administrators and training Mm -hmm. um, counselors who already have a ton of stress. And that's another reason Um, we've noticed that uh, resources within schools are stranded, especially now. Um, uh, Counselors are more focused on like college admissions and helping students with that. Um, And many schools just don't have the resources uh, to hire additional counselors um, to manage um, individual, uh, issues regarding mental health. So it was important to establish this bill and work with a clinic that, uh, not only would relieve some of the stress off the school district and ODE, but also they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and they're trained in this regard. So it's going to be taken seriously. Um, and if you have an issue identified, it's, it's, there's no chance of it, um, being mitigated.
1: Yeah. I really want to just echo what Daniel said, um, cause people are always going to, Ask like, well, we have school counselors. Why can't they just do that job? Like, there are school counselors. Well, school counselors are definitely a hundred percent bombard with college admissions, trying to get people's schedules all over the place. Um, but um, if we get that job to a health professional, they can get it done um a hundred percent right, or at least yes, a hundred percent right, and um they know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, and just adding on to uh, what they've said uh, all very true but a big thing for us was also looking at kind of through an equity lens i've heard that saying quite a bit um and it basically just means ensuring that it equalizes the mental health support that students are receiving. Because when we were brainstorming this, we were thinking about how some school districts have already implemented this, but they so happen to have the resources to have their own mental health and uh, physical health facilities already. And um, at least I know me and Daniel were both in the Beaverton School District, and sometimes we don't always have a surplus of funding people to, to do that. So by partner by partnering, um, like with the uh, caregiver, not caregiver, the um, like Providence, for example, um, then it would mm-hmm. just make it that it's putting lots of a burden on the school districts.
0: Well, and I wanna kind of bounce a little bit off of what you're talking about because uh, for viewers who don't know what a primary care home is, a primary care home has providers, you know, physicians, physician assistants, nurses, nurse practitioners, folks like that is where you go to your home care. And for many, many, many primary care homes here in Oregon, our primary care home legislation several years ago incentivized primary care homes to have behavioral health professionals. At Providence, for example, all of our clinics have embedded behavioral health professionals who are part of the family, part of the community. They're usually psychologists. And we want to treat the whole person. So we want you know everybody in the family to come in for care. But here's the reality, what we know about people who are in your demographic When's the last time you went to the doctor? Probably not that often, huh? I mean, you used to go when you were like a little kid and went to the pediatrician all the time to get your shots. Everybody loved that part. But as adolescents, we know that getting you guys to go to the doctor, yeah, it's probably not the thing. And yet we know that when you go to the primary care home, that's where we're going to screen you for anxiety. We're going to screen you for depression and pick up on other types of things. So why not bring the primary care home to where you actually are? whether you have insurance or not. I think it's a really brilliant idea. And when I first heard about it, I was like, you guys are, are actually pretty smart. <laughs> we, we couldn't figure this part out. <laughs> so when you think about taking this bill, you know, assuming that this bill passes, how long do you think it's going to take before you could take state Why? So a
3: big part for that, and uh, I want to emphasize this, it's a pilot program. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since it's a pilot program, we can evaluate what data and what information we've collected, um, and then readjust and relook at how we want to implement this bill, um, in more of a concrete structure. So, uh, we've proposed like potential reporting, um, for it to pick up on, um, demographic information, so age, ethnicity, um, what district they're mm-hmm. in, what community they are, um. And this is all potential reporting since it is a pilot program. Uh, And then how many referrals we got, how many people followed up and got care based off of the issues um, they were reported to have. And then from that, um, from the information that um, we and other experts uh, receive, we will be able to implement a more definitive um, solution. So that's why we all think this is a really great bill because it allows us to address the issue, and use our resources in a really wise manner. So I think that's super important.
1: Um, I feel like I couldn't have said it better. You really just hit all the points about um, about the demographics and getting that information back, because we are going to be needing that information to know, um, just for, for the health professionals, and um, to know where those... Um, at where the screenings are definitely needed. So, Leanne, I want to put you on the spot here. You're
0: a you're a member of the National Student Advisory Council for Work Health, and your primary core work with that is is really destigmatizing mental health, and and making this normal and normalizing mental health. Do you think this bill, and and everybody can weigh in too, but I want to be on a little bit on the spot. Um, do you think this? is going to destigmatize mental health for
1: your peers? I 100% think it will because um, like you said before when you went to go get mental health screens it was it was somewhere else Um, but when you bring it to the school everyone's going to be accessible to it so it's going to be people are going to be seeing it as just like another like thing as going to school Um, oh I'm just going to go do the mental health screening or we got to go do our eye checks it's like why would we be like, ooh, you want to go get your eye che- your eyes checked? Why would you go get your eyes checked? <laughs> like, it's just it's just part of your health <laughs> and to get your uh, mental health screen. That's just an, another part of your health. So I definitely think that this is going to be uh, desegmentizing health. And I don't know how you guys are, uh, Gabby and Daniel, see it.
2: No, absolutely. I just want to echo what Leanna said, because like, very true. Um, But yeah, like a big focus is like equalizing and mandating this uh, thing or um, standardizing it, I guess you could say. Um, So in that way, you're kind of removing the stigma because everybody's doing it together. It's not like one kid is getting pulled from the class. Like the whole point is everybody takes it because some people are suffering in silence and maybe don't outwardly show um, signs of depression. Um, so, in that way, it's a great way, just to, if everybody's doing it, um, then we hope that it will help to remove the stigma.
3: Yeah, because when you standardize something, it becomes less uh, unique. So, there's less curiosity because I, uh, I think, and confusion regarding it. So, I think that's one of the bigger issues. And I'm sure, right, like, exactly what Leanna said is exactly right. Like, Dr. Robin, when you got your eyes checked, I don't know if they went, Ooh, wow. You have to get a prescription. <laughs> so I think it'll be the same thing for like, you had to go get treatment. Okay. That's just part of life, part of your health. I uh, hope you feel better. Stuff like that.
0: I love that. And I know today is a really big day for you all because you're going to testify some of your peers and maybe even some of you are going to testify in these, Education committee this afternoon on senate bill 782 uh and i know some of you have also participated in meetings with legislators what is it been like to talk about this bill with legislators um
1: i can go first um i remember when i first met with senator patterson it was my it was my first time ever meeting um a senator so but she made it feel really comfortable and they're able to just talk with us like any other person. And I don't know if like the zoom is making it any less, cause I mean, we're all used to zoom. So I don't know if that's making it any less, like it's making it more comfortable, but yeah, they're really easy to talk to. And, um, the questions vary with each one because each um, senator definitely has their own focus. Like with uh, Senator Dembro, he really was important on education. So we really emphasize how this bill is going to help with students education because um, definitely students with depression or anxiety or um, any other mental health issue, um, they're, it's gonna be hard for them to focus on their education. And we pretty much told them how with this screening, kids are gonna be more likely to do better in um, academics. So. I'm definitely just um, hitting all the points with all the senators and they're just really easy to talk to in general.
2: (laughs) Yeah I'm just like adding on I know that uh, I was very nervous because I was expecting like maybe harsh feedback or like some criticism Um, but I was very happily surprised when senators and representatives were very excited about the bill Um, it, I know it made uh like the students in our group feel very uh validated um in the work that they've been doing. And I, I've just I very I really enjoyed talking um with people in the legislature because they they really get it. And many have even um related kind of their own experiences back and how this bill could have helped them. So uh it's been a very great experience. Um, I don't know if Daniel has anything to add, but
3: you know, yeah, just kind of echoing what you guys have said. I think that's totally true. Um, I was so shocked at how, like, they really just did respect our voice and what we brought to the table and our proposals and the concept we created. Um, and they were super helpful. Um, it was, like Gabby said, it was it was great because they shared, some, some, some legislators, they shared um, some of their own experience with mental health. And wow. it was really impactful on us. Um, and they explained... Uh, and specifically like how there was a lack of resources to guide them through that time, which reinforced um, how we thought about this bill, about how it's super important when you're um, proactively addressing
0: these issues. Well, I know that students, we had flashed up a link earlier talking about um, your website and I know that we got viewers out there and a lot of other folks who are gonna wanna know, how can I help? What can I do? what happens you know how can I support your grassroots efforts um what could somebody do
1: yeah so um if you go to the link that as I'm pretty sure it's shown for everybody um if you go to there there's gonna be a template um of um to write to your um legislators and um you can also put in what district you're from and it'll go straight to your own legislators and um it's really simple i mean anybody can do it my dad has done it um i've done it and um, i encourage everybody to do it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like adding on to that legislatures ob- legislators obviously like to hear from their constituents um so when a bunch of people are contacting them um and it's always great to add in your own personal experience then it just really shows like, hey, this matters. People are excited about this. People want this. And the more support we can get, um, then the more likely people, uh, then the legislature is to pass it. So um, a super great thing to do is just distribute that link, get as many people uh, possible to sign it, and yeah.
0: Well, I love that idea because I agree with you. The more that we get, our- letters and links are a great thing I love the grassroots website share it with your fellow students share it with teachers educators parents whoever. and if you happen to be from outside of Oregon you can click on this link too because out-of-state voices matter too and speaking of out-of-state voices it, there might be students from other states listening who are going wow how do I get involved what advice would you have for students in another state who want to drive their own legislative agenda
1: um, I think I would say to definitely, um, because our voices it's always better as like, um, when you have a community or, um, it takes a village, honestly. Um, so yeah. definitely, you can always get some friends together and that are definitely really passionate, um, about whatever topic. It doesn't have to be mental health, they want to pass another, um, bill that's not on mental health. Um, definitely get a um, group of friends and a group of people and maybe you can um get a, a adult advisor like we have uh kirsten so um yeah that's what i just i don't know what um is there anything else
3: yeah so if, i mean this is being broadcast um as a part of work to be well so i'm sure if you reach out um around um to people locally or in your state um that are a part of work to be well that have these connections um uh then i think that's probably what you should do uh try reaching out because i think if you have an idea uh you can turn any idea into a legislative concept as long as it's rational and you get an a somebody that writes bills for a living to look it over and write a formal <laughs> bill and i think don't be discouraged and don't let and don't
0: feel like your voice doesn't matter because it really does That is ever so true, you know, and I appreciate the shout out to Connect Work To Be Well, our website, worktobewell.org. We are in the process of developing a toolkit for students to be able to drive their own legislation based on the experiences that we've had working with Students for Healthy Oregon. Uh, Like you said, this is proud and second go around Students for Healthy Oregon. Our first uh, bill was the Student Mental Health Day and that was driven completely by students for students and was an amazing experience. I know there are some links on our website that to some of the students who were from Students for a Healthy Oregon two years ago, talking about that bill and talking about um, what kinds of things, you know, going forward that, that they've been able to do and how the Mental Health Days bill has made an impact. We also have a ton of other curriculum on there about mental health, but really that toolkit so that other students can get involved in legislation is a really, really important thing. And I love what you've all echoed. Your voice does matter, because guess what, in a year or two or three, you're going to be constituents and these legislators know that you're on the way up in your career. So how many of you have been inspired to get involved in politics through this experience?
1: Um, I've always been um, interested in politics and helping out the community, but doing this has given me like a firsthand experience of how it actually goes, um, to talk to senators, to work with people that, um, know how to write bills. So, I mean, maybe this is, um, is going to influence what I want to do in my future. Um, cause I do want to, um, maybe like, because I, I'm really interested in mental health. And like I said, the, I think on a past work table well, I said that I wanted to be uh, a psychiatrist when I grow up, but after doing all this, um, since we're Healthy Oregon work, I'm not saying I don't want to do the psychiatrist thing, but it's really inspiring me to definitely get into politics and legislative work.
2: Yeah, um, I've... Well, with the pandemic, I had a lot of free time, so I had been volunteering on quite a few political campaigns, so that was kind of where I started off my political uh, adventure, I guess you could say, um, but this has been an amazing opportunity to kind of see the opposite side of that, because I had been working to get people into the legislature, so it's like, now what? What do they do well, Like once they're elected? So um, like, absolutely, I think this has been a great experience, and it's definitely influenced um, hopefully what I'd want to be in the future, so.
3: Yeah, kind of same for me in this, uh, starting in the summer, I was working on uh, like local campaigns in Beaverton um, and around the area. Um, And it was interesting to work on this this concept that we had um, because you see all the grit and determination that goes into going into office, all the calls, all the knocks you know. uh all the pieces of paper dropped off on the door and then it's interesting to see uh how hard a lot of these legislators are working for us each day um and how much they care about our voice so that that was just it was neat it was nice it's the kumbaya moment
0: well if you are the future of politics we're going to be in pretty good hands and uh, i want to wish you all luck today in your um Testimony. You and the other students for Healthy Oregon are going to have showtime. Senate Education Committee, three fifteen today. You can tune in on the Oregon Legislative site and watch them if you want. I want to thank my brave teens today for coming and talking about uh, Senate Bill seven eighty two and your desire to have screens in our schools. Thank you again for joining us. It's time for us to wrap up. So thank you. For listening and being part of our audience here at Talk to Be Well again. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. If you are looking for help processing any mental health conditions or anything, please visit our websites at providence.org. You can also learn a whole lot more about Work to Be Well at www.worktobewell. That's Work Number Two Be Well. Right, right up there in Leanna's, the corner of Leanna's screen, it says Work to Be Well.org. You can find Talk to Be Well on Spotify. All of our Facebook Lives and our podcasts are now it on Spotify and thank you again and be well.